1: Welcome in to a Friday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. We will update you on the latest with the East Palestine, Ohio toxic train spill. I'm a little hesitant as I talk because it appears that the governor of the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine, is at the podium right now doing an update. And I'm trying to get my television feed to recycle so that we can take that update. But um, once I do that, uh, we will go to it. But... Uh, what is clear to me is that um, that old adage "a picture is worth a thousand words" uh, is definitely true. Uh, yesterday, U.S. Senator J.D. Vance uh, in East Palestine. Credit to him being there, uh, and I believe he had been there for a couple days. Uh, went to one of the creeks with a stick in his hand and scratched the surface, the you know the, the creek bed, and. If you've ever spilled gasoline in your driveway and hosed it off, thrown water on it or whatever, you know, it puts out this like circular, rainbowish type visual. And uh, I've seen that on my driveway many times. Never once have I uh, taken my finger and uh, lapped it up and licked it. No one would. Uh, but this is in the drinking water, this kind of the same look in East Palestine, Ohio. Here is JD Vance. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can you show can you come here and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this in the camera, but watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned
0: up the, the the train crash. The fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people this who live in East Calif- river. Forget these people. We've got to keep it flying fresh, That's how we're
1: going to fix this problem. Thank you. Yeah, I apologize. I was getting hey guys, the DeWine, so getting the DeWine the feed up. Dead- okay, so here, let's go to the press conference with Mike DeWine. Uh, right now, the governor speaking. Dangerous, but they could detect it as it moved down
2: river. Uh, Now, we're told that they cannot detect it at all. Uh, To give you some idea uh, of the numbers, the level of concern for this contaminant is 560 parts per billion. Uh, Readings yesterday, when we could still get a reading on it, uh, were under three parts per billion. So, again, level of concern, 560. Yesterday, it was at three Uh, Today it is at zero. Uh, The levels at which this chemical was in the Ohio River uh, have always been very low. We are no longer getting readings at all. Uh, I'm told that some water systems along the Ohio River will close their water intake lines for the time being out of abundance of caution, we understand that. That's perfectly fine, but we do believe there is no reason to be concerned about water now from the Ohio River, and there's never really been a reason to concern. And we no longer can get any reading at all of this contaminant. Let me go to the local local creeks. Know that there's been some video played on on TV uh, of circulating a visible physical contamination in one of the local waterways, a section of Sulfur Run that is very near the crash site remains severely contaminated. We knew this, we know this. Uh, It's going to take a while to remediate this. It will be remediated, but it's certainly a place to be avoided at this point. Uh, Very soon after the crash, Sulphur Run was dammed. So the contamination in that part of the creek does not contaminate any of the other water. kept in there and and, and on hold. Uh, In fact, teams are pumping clean water from the point of the eastern dam, funneling it away from the contaminated section of the creek, and releasing it back into sulfur run at the western dam. So diverting it around uh, where the contamination uh, is. Uh, This this occurred uh, early on early on after the crash. This allows clean water to bypass the area of the derailment and prevents clean water from picking up contaminants and carrying them into other waterways. The remediation of the water in the direct area of the spill is going to take some time, just as it is taking some time to deal with the dirt. Um, This is not a simple process. We're encouraging people to continue to avoid that area. Now I know there's been a lot of questions about FEMA and calling in FEMA for aid. At this point, based on what FEMA has told us and continues to tell us, my Chief of Staff talked to them again this morning, we do not qualify for assistance. Although FEMA is synonymous with disaster support, they're most typically involved with disasters where there's tremendous home or property damage tornadoes, flooding, hurricanes. That's why we do not expect that FEMA will come to East Palestine. However, to make sure that if in the future, if in the future FEMA is ever needed, uh, we want to preserve our rights to be able to ask them for help. So to make sure that if FEMA is ever needed in the future to help residents in regard to this crash, we're going to preemptively file a document with FEMA to preserve our rights in case we need their assistance in the future. Uh, We believe that the railroad should continue to pay, and we're going to insist that they pay. Uh, Whatever damages have been caused, the railroad is responsible for those damages. We're filing this paper with FEMA just in case in the future we need that, Let's say, for example, the railroad stops paying for whatever reason. We're still going to go after the railroad, but we want to make sure that there will be support for people if that support does, in fact, stop from the railroad. Let me move now to HHS. Um, We know that the science indicates that this water is safe.
1: We will continue to monitor the governor's press conference and – lets you know what he says and if there's anything that is of great consequence regarding this. I think, as I have been listening to sound and uh, researching this on my own, what is very apparent to me in this is the feds are going to put this on the state of Ohio. The head of the federal EPA, Michael Regan, was in East Palestine yesterday, and he was extremely clear— although not forceful in the way he stated it, that they are deferring to the state of Ohio. So, this will become the defining characteristic of Mike DeWine's governorship. Uh, Everything that happened in the four years before, out the window. What happens to East Palestine, Ohio? What happens to the residents of East Palestine, Ohio? Because there are a lot of towns like East Palestine in Ohio. It is what gives Ohio its uniqueness. Sure, you can go to the big city, go to Columbus, Dayton, and Cincinnati, Akron, Canton, Cleveland, Toledo, lots of big cities in Ohio. But the small town flavor of Ohio, when you look at our, for instance, our General Assembly, we all know that. Big cities vote Democrat, right? Do we have a state legislature dominated by Democrats? No, we don't. We have a state legislature, theoretically, dominated by Republicans. We have Republicans in every major statewide office. That shows you that the proliferation of citizens in rural Ohio is greater than the collection of citizens in the cities of Ohio. And so every little town, particularly every little town that has a railroad, near it, or running through it, can identify with the desperation that East Palestine is experiencing right now. I have a railroad that passes within, I don't know, two miles of my house out in Madison County. Uh, I drive around the state of Ohio a lot. I go to a lot of small towns, Maria Stein, Coldwater, St. Henry, Coshocton, Newark, I mean, pick a town, Bellefontaine, Urbana, you get it, right? Little towns everywhere. Some are a little bit bigger than East Palestine, some are a little smaller than East Palestine, but that's the fabric of the state of Ohio and how Mike DeWine holds Norfolk Southern accountable on this, how he holds the federal government accountable on this, and how he responds and how the people of the state of Ohio respond to this. I know he wanted to take his second term in the state of Ohio as a prolonged victory lap. He would love nothing more than to sit in the governor's mansion and tell folksy tales about eating Franz chocolate chip cookies and reminding all of us how awesome a governor he has been because he brought intel to the state of Ohio. That's what he would love. Well, that's out the window. Much like George Bush didn't anticipate that his presidency would be about 9-11, Mike DeWine had no idea that his governorship would be about a toxic train derailment. But you handle the hand you're dealt, and that's the one he has been dealt. Okay, so Governor Mike DeWine just, I think, concluded a press conference updating people on the East Palestine train situation. Uh, here is something that the governor said that I think is important for him to continue co- to convey, that he understands the concern, that he expresses empathy for the people of East Palestine.
2: Uh, the air, we will continue to monitor the air, but so far we've seen nothing in regard to the air out of the ordinary. But we'll continue to, to do that. Um, this is We know that this whole... Uh, last several weeks has taken a tremendous toll on residents in East Palestine. We know that this has been a traumatic experience for all of them. Working with the county alcohol, drug, and mental health board, we are supporting a number of local, local mental
1: health resources. So he went on to outline how, you know, numbers you can call, websites you can go to, and and that's great. They really, the state of Ohio, needs to hit this out of the park. They need to hit this out of the park because the feds are not prioritizing this. If you want to know how little the feds care about this, uh, there is a clip going around of Pete Buttigieg. Now, put yourself in Pete Buttigieg's shoes, okay? He's the transportation secretary who has been an abject failure at being the transportation secretary. I know he doesn't think so because he rides his bike to work. But we've had supply chain issues, boats stacked up out in uh, Port of L.A. We've had a baby formula shortage. We had the Southwest Airlines disaster around the holidays. Flights canceled everywhere. Pete Buttigieg has screwed up so many things. I've forgotten a bunch of things he screwed up. That's how many things he screwed up. So then the other day, while this train derailment is finally starting to catch the attention of the national media, Pete Buttigieg is at a conference, and he's doing what he's done ever since he's become a part of the Biden administration, which is to elevate diversity, equity, and inclusion over like actual issues that matter to people. He's talking about building bridges in minority communities, not figuratively, but like literally bridges in minority communities, bridges that won't collapse with cars on them. And instead of talking about the infrastructure bill and how we're going to make sure we're building state-of-the-art, state-of-the-art high-tech, you know, the very best bridges ever. We've learned new construction techniques. No, no, none of that interests Pete Buttigieg. What interests Pete Buttigieg is virtue signaling, because he wants to run for president, and he's going to talk about, and he did talk about, how the problem we have in uh, infrastructure is that when we build bridges in a minority community— uh, None of the construction workers look like the people who live in those communities. Now, I don't know if Pete's ever been on a construction site. When you go to a construction site, I'm I'm talking about like a house construction site. I'm talking about like a major bridge. Like in Cleveland for a couple of years, they were rebuilding the bridges from south of downtown, like right into downtown. And I mean, it was America, right? It was some white guys, lots of black guys, Hispanic guys, like that's a construction site, okay? Pete's never been on one, so he thinks there aren't any minorities on construction sites. No, there are a lot of minorities on construction sites, Pete. So he blew that, okay? You got that wrong. So you would think, like, his PR guy comes to him and talks to him, like, you got to act like you really care about this. I know you don't really care about it, but you have to act like you care about it. So here's Pete Buttigieg yesterday trying to act empathetic. I said... Trying, I said acting, because he doesn't really appear to have much empathy for the people victimized by this toxic train derailment.
0: Uh, look, rail safety is something that uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done. Because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing.
1: It happens all the time, you peasants. There's a thousand a year. Do you realize? Do the math on that. That's like three a day. That's like two or three a day. What's the matter with you people? Can't you see that I, Pete Buttigieg, do not have time to worry about your piddly little air and water issues? I'm busy saving the planet. That's what I'm busy doing. I'm occupied with all that. He sounds like John Kerry, right? You know, hey, you're flying everywhere in a private jet, John. Yeah, I am, but. I have to fly in a private jet. What I do is important. I get to fly in a private jet. None of the rest of you, you don't get to fly at all. (laughs) But I get to because I'm important. I'm saving the planet. Pete is saving the planet. He doesn't have time to worry about East Palestine or Eastern Ohio or Western Pennsylvania or anything south of East Palestine where the Ohio River flows. This happens all the time. Pete says. And you know what? He's not far wrong on that. Did you watch the plastic plant burning a five-acre fire yesterday in Kissimmee, Florida? I don't want to be tinfoil hat guy, but it seems to me like we're seeing a lot of this stuff now. A lot of this stuff. So, before he stepped to the podium today, Governor DeWine did an interview on Fox & Friends. So what can we draw from the interview? I'll play the cuts, but here's the deal. Mike DeWine is doing everything he can. He sounds like a Democrat. Doing everything I can. He actually is doing everything he can to not be Joe Biden, to not hide. The worst thing you can do in a situation like this is hide. So, has Pete Buttigieg been to East Palestine? No. Was the EPA honcho guy Michael Regan, was he in East Palestine right away? No. Two weeks. Finally got shamed into it because, people, why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? They're coming after DeWine on Fox and Friends. On Fox and Friends, they're coming after. Ainsley Earhart is coming after him on Fox and Friends. You know it's bad. When Ainsley Earhart is coming after you.
0: Why are residents saying, here's some of the quotes, I don't see birds in my property anymore. The rivers have dead fish in them and worms. My throat has been burning, a horrible cough, sneezing,
1: congestion, eyes burning. I mean, clearly they're experiencing this. So if the air is clean and the water is clean, how do you explain that?
2: Look, we, we've, we've, this is why we're going to bring in the best experts in the country. What are you waiting for? Uh, oh, it's already been two at, weeks. Oh, it's already area. been two and weeks. We've already had, we already had, excuse me, we already had, uh, you know, we've had our director of health, Dr. Vanderhoff, who has been in the community talking, talking with people. We've told people, you know, you need to go to see your individual doctor. But we also know there are people who may not have an individual
1: doctor. We know- Yes. Now, they did send Bruce Vanderhoff, who Jesse Waters refers to as Bowtie Fauci. That's a great name. I wish i thought of it. But there's something amiss here that I fear the people of East Palestine will be victimized all over again. I'll explain what I mean next.